Ah, uh, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. After a couple weeks off, we're back at it. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. I uh, took a little sojourn away from uh, from our great state of Wisconsin and the great weather that we've been having, and found myself a little bit of sun and sand and beach, uh, and now back just in time for the girls' basketball state tournament this weekend. And to talk more about that, the girls' basketball writer at Wisports.net uh, will join me and now joins me, Norbert Durst. Norb, how are you doing? Doing well, getting excited for the tournament to get underway. A day away, uh, just over 24 hours away to tip off of the girls' state basketball tournament. And uh, let's let's dive into some things here. But before we do, how are your picks looking so far, Norb? Your, your pre-tournament State picks. How many? How many finalists do you have right so far? I think uh, sixteen out of twenty, I believe, uh, is what I ended up with with the uh, the state tournament finalists. Okay, I think I I think I had fifteen out of twenty. So we we differed on a few, but uh, obviously a lot of the the main ones, the Beaver Dams and the Blackhawks and the Aquinases, were uh, were pretty easy calls. So uh, you know, I, I think a year where. Uh, although there were a few upsets along the way, I mean, it, it seems like those favorites, the heavy favorites, have kind of taken care of business so far. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there was the, the McGuana-Gokane game, which I thought was uh, the top two teams in in uh, Division One across the board. Um, you know, that one factored in a little bit there. I took uh, King in that game, but McGuana-Go came out on top. So we'll see if they can uh, take home their, their first gold, gold ball in state history this season. All right. Well, let's, uh, before we take a look ahead at the state tournament, let's take a little bit of a look back and anything that was uh, a real significant surprise along the way in the tournament so far, either in regionals or in sectionals that kind of stands out. Well, you, Definitely that Milwaukee King versus McGuanago game happening in a sectional final definitely was a big game. But, you know, Whitefish Bay, who I didn't have ranked at all to start the season, they're they're at the state tournament. You know, they were, I believe, 13 and 10 last season, but really turned it around 23 and 3 this year and and knocked off the likes of uh, Wabotosi East, who's having a really good who's having a really good season. Uh, Pius, who's always good, and Pewaukee, who had not lost since I believe it was December. So they're really hot right now, and you know they're a team that um, under the radar to start the season, but has been proving me wrong uh, throughout the whole year. And is this kind of their their best team since was it Maya Jonas was uh, was there led them I think to the state tournament a few years ago maybe. Yeah, that that'd be accurate, I believe. They made a lot of trips to state, but uh, it has been a few years. All right. So we had uh, as you mentioned some big sectional games. Um any anything that that stood out from those sectional games or any, you know, tidbits or things that you got uh, along the way, uh, you know, how were crowds? What was the uh the vibe like? Any anything that stands out from sectionals? Well, I know the the uh, the two sectional finals I was at Milwaukee King versus McGuanago, really good crowd, and the same thing went for the Whitefish Bay versus Pewaukee game. Both had excellent crowds, and you know there was a lot of uh, really good games. You know we did see some of those more marquee games happen in in uh, sectional semis, but you know that that just the the uh, how it works some years where you know some better teams just kind of match up a little bit earlier in the tournament. 
All right, so let's take a look ahead now. And again, we're just a little over 24 hours away as we record this from the uh, the first tip off of tip off of the first game, which is defending champion Marshall in Division Three taking on GET. Let's let's look at that Division Three field and uh, what uh, what are you thinking? Any is it a surprise that Marshall got the one seed? I guess over Laconia, Laconia undefeated Marshall with a couple losses. Well, I think just the fact Marshall's the, the defending Division Three state champions. You know, the two losses, one came against Aquinas, the other against uh, Stevens Point, who is a Division One team. Obviously, Aquinas defending Division Four state champion, and they only have one loss on this season. So, not not a huge surprise. I mean, it would have been uh, fine either way, just because Laconia in the last two years has only lost one game, and that was last season in a sectional final. So they were very deserving of it as well. But I just think it came down to the fact Marshall is the, the defending Division Three state champs. And maybe let's take a step back from our D3 discussion and talk about the seeding in general. Any other surprises in in the seeding, or do you think it, it kind of played out as you would expect? I mean, for the most part, I would say it came out as I expected. You know, again, in Division Five, you had two undefeated teams in Blackhawk and Clayton. Clayton is making their fourth consecutive trip to the state tournament. Um, they did receive the two seed. We'll have to play Newman Catholic, who was there last season as well. Um, that one was a bit of a toss-up, but I just think the fact where uh, Blackhawk had been ranked uh, the entire season, at least in the Wisports.net coaches poll number one, and have uh, maybe a couple more high-quality uh, non-conference wins help them get that top seed. And the way the seeding works, uh, just to clear everything up for everybody, that the four coaches that participate in each division vote on their, the seeding. If there are any ties in the seeding, then there's a representative from the WBCA, the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, that does uh, break any ties. The difference between two and three, there really is none. So really, you're you're talking about one versus two and three versus four. Uh, I will say, Travis, that I know in Division Two that I don't think anyone wanted to face Beaver Dam in that first game, and Hortonville ended up getting the four seed, and I'm sure they weren't very happy there, but... You know, it, that one was a tough one where you had Whitefish Bay, like I said, who only has three losses on the season, and Monroe, who's making their third consecutive trip to the state tournament. Um, you know, a tough spot there, but somebody has to get the four, and that's the, and Hortonville just ended up with it. And there's obviously a lot of things that go into that, just like regional seeding, right? Uh, you know, Whitefish Bay had the fewest losses of, of those other three. Hortonville had the most losses, so, yeah, it... it you're, you're kind of splitting hair sometimes on, on who ends up where and which teams are two versus three or even three versus four. Uh, I think that three versus four is really the biggest differentiator, right? I mean, w- would you rather play the top seed? And, and a lot of times that top seed is a heavy favorite. Or would you have a, rather have a shot at that second seed that maybe isn't uh, you know quite at that, that level? So three versus four, I think, is where the biggest difference is. But Ultimately, now they all get to go out and prove it, right? If you're exactly uh, you're at the state tournament, no no more complaints, no more complaining. Uh, get out and, and play the games. You've got your shot, and only 20 teams left out of 450 or 480, whatever it is, and uh, certainly all deserving. Let's get back into our discussion, though, of Division Three and what uh, what are you looking for out of those matchups? Anything that stands out? And and uh, I, I'm guessing uh, you're staying with. Did, did you have? Was it Marshall Laconia that you had pre-state tournament, or, or who did you I have had as your Mar- pick there? 
I had Marshall Freedom in the championship game uh, before the tournament started. I actually had the all four right in Division Three, um, at least for the the qualifiers go. Um, but you know that I do expect Marshall. They're you know they're playing really good basketball. I do expect them to to uh, to get by GET. But GET, Electric Trempolo, first appearance in the state tournament. Um, you know, Lexi Wagner is a heck of a player for them. Uh, can really score at averaging over 20 points a game, but she can. She's had games where she scored in the 40s, so it could be one of those games where she maybe needed to score a lot just because of all that firepower that Marshall has. But that other uh, that other state semifinal, Laconia Freedom, really evenly matched teams. Obviously, Laconia is undefeated. Freedom has a few losses, but you know, Freedom plays in a tough uh, Northeastern Conference. Uh, played some tough uh, non-conference opponents as well. So even though they, they're not, you know, that flashy undefeated team that Laconi is, they have a lot of talent led by Kelly Genki, who has uh, a, a numerous Division One offers. So, you know, they have that top-end talent to go along with uh, that tough uh, non-conference and uh, in-conference schedule. All right, so Division Three, uh, really outstanding field there. Only a total of seven losses amongst those teams. Um, scanning through... Uh, I guess D5 would have the fewest with only six, but very good field in Division Three. Looking forward to uh, to those gals starting the action on Thursday, beginning at 135, Marshall and GET, followed by Laconia and Freedom. Division Four, you know, I, I think some really interesting storylines. The, the the story we, we seem to track a lot of the season was Aquinas and Melrose Mindoro. They met last year in, at the state tournament, two top teams in the coaches' poll all season, but we can't forget about Colby being undefeated and only getting a three seed, by the way. Hard to argue it, but that's that's where it ended up. And then Milwaukee Academy of Science with uh, Shamira Williams getting back to the state tournament. So a lot of really interesting storylines in Division Four throughout all of those teams. Yeah, and you know that first game of Aquinas in Milwaukee Academy of Science, I, I believe there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Uh, both teams like to get up and down the floor. Uh, score a lot of points. Obviously, if you're Milwaukee Academy of Science, you have to get, you know what you're going to get from Shamira, but you have to have those those two freshmen, uh, Tania Williams and Nakia Hurst. They need to come ready to play because without those two, it's going to be a very tall task for them to beat Aquinas. But if those two players play well, obviously they need a little help from others as well. But, you know, they're going to be in that game and they have a plenty of firepower to stay with Aquinas, even though Aquinas, again, you know, defending division uh, four state champions, only one loss this season that came against Hopkins. So um, while it's a tall task, you know, uh, Milwaukee Academy of Science is going to be ready to go. Over under 30 shot attempts for Shamir Williams in that one. Oh, I'd probably say over just because I think they're going to have to score a lot of points. I think those you know, like I said, those those other two freshmen, and, the, the freshmen and Willie uh, tonight, Williams and Nakia Hurts are going to have to play well. We'll get their their share of shots, but it's going to be a high scoring game. So I expect Shamira to shoot the ball more than thirty. And she has to stay out of foul trouble as well. That uh, if she has to leave the game for for foul trouble, uh, really uh, makes a difficult situation even more difficult for Academy of Science. Uh, anything else in Division Four? Any, anything else in that other game or? Uh, maybe get to an anticipated well, potential Aquinas Melrose final. Well, I don't think uh, Colby minds that they're kind of flying under the radar, even though they're undefeated. You know, they have a 
really good team that, you know, they can score too. I mean, not scoring quite as much as Merrill's Mendoro, but you know, only six points below in points per game. And, you know, sometimes those teams that are, uh, you know, underdogs and flying under the radar, they don't mind it. And, uh, you know, definitely a good enough team to beat Melrose Mendoro, but just that length that Melrose Mendoro has, I think is going to give them the edge in that game. But, you know, it's always exciting. We'll find out uh, on uh, Thursday. All right. So Division Four, uh, again, a lot of storylines, potential storylines as well in that one. We'll move on to Division Five, uh, which opens play on Friday morning. The first game, Blackhawk and Fall River, followed by Clayton and Newman Catholic. What what are some things that we're looking for in Division Five? Well, for uh, in, if Fall River wants to stay in that game against Blackhawk, they cannot turn the ball over. Uh, Blackhawk brings uh, a lot of pressure, and, and they shoot a lot of threes. And it's one of those things where you know if if you start turning the ball over too quick. Uh, you know, it's going to get, it could get ugly quick just because Blackhawks just that good. And it's nothing against the uh, good fall river team coming out of that sectional four, but you know, fall river is just manhandling their opponents, you know, averaging 70 points a game and only allowing 28. So it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, they handled Melrose Mendora earlier in the season in a non-conference game. And it's, it's one of those things where it's maybe, uh, uh, a a potential huge upset if, it, if Fall River were to win that game. But, you know, Fall River is going to come ready to play. Jim Doolittle is a really good coach, and they're going to have that. He's going to have that team ready to play. And in that other other state semifinal, Clayton undefeated, uh, fourth consecutive trip to the state tournament, but they have yet to win at the state tournament. And in all of their, their fifth, uh, um, this will be their fifth appearance at state, and they have not yet won at state. And that's, Something that, you know, I'm sure those that senior class that has been a big reason why that they've made to the state want to get past that hump and at least take something home with them and have a chance to take home the gold ball potentially. And Newman Catholic, though, they're a really strong team. Only three losses. Two of them came to Division One teams, and they actually haven't lost to a Division Five team. The other loss um, they had came against Stratford, who was in that Mirrorwood South. Really strong conference. And you know, that one's going to be a very good game. I expect that one to really come down to the wire. Um, both teams like to shoot the three. It seems like that's a storyline already that the three ball is in play at state, especially with the teams we've already mentioned. And um, I just think maybe just a little bit better guard play from Clayton. But, but you know, like like we always say, it just we'll find out after the game happens who's going to win that contest. It's been kind of interesting at state the last few years. The teams that rely on the three ball a ton, and that includes Clayton, have kind of struggled at times. And you know, when you live and die by the three in that big environment, in a new facility, in a uh, different shooting background, and all that stuff, it, it can kind of be a struggle. And correct me if I'm wrong. That's kind of been one of the big um, reasons that Clayton hasn't got a win these last few years. Has kind of been their their shooting has gone cold in some of those games, isn't it? Yeah, and they started slow. I think they really crank up the pressure later in the game. But, uh, you know, slow starts, you know, when they like to shoot the three, if you're not hitting threes early, you're going to dig yourself a hole potentially. And, you know, maybe it's that defense that's going to be the reason why they can, you know, if they do um, have trouble shooting the three, uh, kind of withstand some of those runs that Newman Catholic's going to bring you because, you know, they're going to bring it really good team, more length than than Clayton has. But again, um, I just really just rely on those guards from Clayton. All right, so then following the Division 5 morning session on Friday, we get to Division 2, 
in the afternoon. Beaver Dam, top seeded, taking on Hortonville, as we had talked about earlier. 1.35 p.m. tip-off in that one for that Friday afternoon session. And then you have Whitefish Bay and Monroe. I mean, we've, we've talked about it all year. Everybody has talked about it, how good Beaver Dam is, how they potentially could be up there with some of the best teams in state history. But they've got to win a state championship first this year to, to kind of be in that discussion. Any of those three teams besides Beaver Dam that you think would pose the, the, the biggest challenge for the Golden Beavers? You know, Horton played them tough last year at the state tournament, but they're a little bit different team than they were last year. Last year, they had a senior in Shea Frederick that helped them out a lot from the guard play. You know, they still have Mason McGlone. They still have some good players on that team, but I don't think they're they're where they were at from last season's team, and Beaver Dam's better than they were last year. So that that's going to be a very tall task for, for Hortonville to stay within uh, you know, 10 points in that game. As we talked about before, it's the closest game that Beaver Dams had in state is uh, against Arrowhead, who they beat by 26 points. But if I was going to say overall, I would probably just go with Monroe. Maybe it's just because I'd like to see uh, potentially uh, Sid Hilliard play two more games, not just one. And uh, they've, you know, they've lost their first uh, game at the state tournament the last two years. Sid Hilliard, again, going to Wisconsin. Just think she's got enough firepower to at least keep them in a game against Beaver Dam. But, you know, the way Whitefish Bay has been playing, you know, if they can slow down the game a little bit against Beaver Dam, if they if they were to match up against them, they could, you know, keep that within, a, a, you know, 10 points and have a chance at the end of the game. But uh, it's going to be a tall task for either one of those teams if uh, if they meet up in against uh, Beaver Dam in the state championship game. Remind me, did, did Monroe play Beaver Dam this year, either in the crossover challenge or just during the regular season? They did not this season. Okay. Kind of kind of interesting and surprising maybe a little bit that those two teams had not met during the regular season at some point. Both feature uh, Wisconsin recruits. So you mentioned uh, Sid Hilliard from Monroe and Tara Stoffacker from, uh, from Beaver Dam. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if anybody can dethrone Beaver Dam or if they take care of business and do it in dominating fashion as they've done all year and move into that discussion of all-time great teams in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Division One, wrapping things up on Friday uh, evening. You have McGuanago, the top seed, Bayport, number two, Kimberly, three, and Middleton. So it'll be McGuanago and Middleton tipping things off to begin that afternoon session at 635, followed by Bayport and Kimberly. What uh, what are we looking at in Division One? Yeah, McGuanago's... They're they're not only the top seed, but I believe they're heavily favored uh, to take home the gold ball this season. They have not taken one yet um, in their program history. They made this will be their tenth appearance, so they're really they're really trying to get that gold ball. They've got a couple silver balls um, in the last uh, recent memory here, but uh, haven't got over the hump again. Last year finished as the state runner-up to Appleton North, uh, but uh, it's going to be a tall task for for Middleton in that game. Middleton. A uh, really good team. You know, Jeff Kine's going to have that team ready to play. Uh, they're making their 11th appearance at state. They ha- also have not won a state title. Uh, and, and Jeff Kine, a WBCA Hall of Famer, uh, just hasn't been able to get that elusive gold ball yet. And, you know, facing middle, uh, facing McGuana going in a state semifinal, it's going to be a tough one. You know, Satori Tannen's really good player from uh, Middleton. She's got some D1 offers. But, you know, the likes of Natalie Anderson – Grace Byer, Angie Sarah, and company from Iguanago is going to be a tough one 
for Middleton. And in that other state semifinal, that one really should be, I'm expecting that one to be a very good game. Um, you know, you have Bayport who only has lost one game this season and Kimberly really strong program Do have a few losses, a few more losses. I believe they have, yeah, they have three losses this season. Uh, they'll bring it to you defensively. I think Bayport has a little bit more depth and I think that's going to factor in uh, really good athletes. A lot of soccer kids on that Bayport team. That's really helped them, uh, take the big jump and uh, get to the state tournament for the first time since 2000 for them. But that one, I believe, is going to be a, a close game, like I said, throughout that contest. Speaking of close games in Bayport, uh, they played, I think it was the sectional final that was 26-24. Is, is in overtime. Right? Yeah, in, in, in overtime. overtime, yes. Right. Um, and there was some stall ball in that one against Arrowhead. Um, is it something we might see this week, potentially? Well... You know, I hope there isn't any stall ball, but we've seen it before at State with Maguanago. I don't think, again, I think they're they're not only just, you know, obviously the top seed at State, but I just think they're they're a lot better than the other teams that's at the State tournament. So I don't think they're going to need to use the stall ball, but, I mean, they've done it before. They did it against Verona at the State tournament a few years back. So, you know, it's, it's potentially, it's it's in play. We'll, we'll just say that, but... Um, I just hope there isn't, just because it's just better basketball if we don't have stall ball. I agree. As a uh, ardent uh, uh, person against the shot clock, I am just as ardently against stall ball. True stalling, you know, standing there and holding the ball. Um, and of course, as we know, it, it takes two teams to stall. It's an agreement between both uh, both coaches essentially to uh, to do it. So. I hope we don't see it. I hope uh, teams just come out and play. Should be some great basketball. Um, any any other kind of overarching storylines or anything else to to touch on before things kick off uh, in in re- in real life tomorrow? You know, it's uh, it doesn't look like Shamir is going to be able to get that state record for scoring, but she's you know she's second in the state um, all time. Now she has over three thousand points, but she's gonna you know she's. I believe 150 points away from uh, what uh, Megan Gustafson had. So it, she's not going to get the record, but heck, you know, she can maybe uh, at least take home a gold ball. So I'm sure she's hungry to do that at the very least. So it, that one is definitely exciting. And just that matchup in general, just uh, the, the behemoth that is Aquinas against Milwaukee Academy of Science, who they actually received a four seed in their, their half sectional and made it to state. And, you know, while that four seed was, I don't think they were a four seed necessarily, but, you know, I think they've been kind of riding that all the way to the state tournament. All right. Uh, Any thoughts on what kind of crowds we could expect? As you look at the teams, I mean, it seems like a good group of teams to bring a lot of fans in a lot of these situations. So uh, do you think we're looking at some pretty good crowds this weekend? You know, I think so, and I really, I really think that place should be pretty packed up for Bayport Kimberly. I mean, two teams, two area teams, and a Division One state semifinal would really expect it to be loud in, at the rest center, and really hope it's loud at the rest center because you know, get out there and and see some really good basketball. A lot of good players in the state, and if you haven't watched Beaver Dam, get up to the rest center and watch Beaver Dam live. Much better than watching it on TV. Get there and, and enjoy not just Beaver Dam. Uh, but all these other great basketball players and teams across across the state that are now coming together for the state championships. Always a great time up at the the Rush Center in Green Bay. Um, 
it, it's not going anywhere. They, they signed a, a lengthy agreement uh, a year ago, I think it was, to uh, keep the tournament in Green Bay. I know there's some people that don't like it, uh, and we've talked about it. I, I think we're in agreement that it is an outstanding facility and an outstanding host location for the girls' basketball tournament. They really embrace it there in Green Bay. They embrace the girls' tournament in uh, in the Rush Center. Uh, great to see all of the signage as you come into town at the hotels, uh, at the Rush Center itself. They certainly go uh, above and beyond more than I think most of the other state tournament locations do. <clears throat> Looking at you, Madison. Uh, they really uh, they really have done a great job with it, and it, it's been awesome to see. So, uh any uh, any final words before we head out and uh, get get up to the games this weekend? See you at the rush. See you at the rush. We'll leave it right there. He's Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer at Wisports.net. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WSN. Don't forget, in addition to the girls basketball state tournament this week, all kinds of boys action as well with sectional semifinals happening Thursday night. Sectional finals on Saturday. We'll have you covered all of that on Wisports.net. Mark Miller's got all of that information up. Get out to a game, whether it's a boys' sectional game, whether it's the girls' state tournament. Get out to as many games as you can. See how many you can take in. Always our challenge at the end of uh, all of our podcasts is get to a game and uh, get out and take advantage of it. Uh, Again, I'm Travis Wilson. He's Norbert Durst. We'll see you at a game.